gosh, like I really had to keep this in check when I was um, when I was um, trying to get through uh, one of the addictions with one of my my children because it's different when it's your children than you could ever imagine. I was like, oh, this is what I put my mother through because um, I just wanted to like. Ah, come on dang it you can do this but the more I did that the worse it was getting and of course that's how I was too um, the more people did that shaming and um, ultimatums do not do not work you're listening to the recovered life show the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives and here is your host Damon Frank and welcome back to the Recovered Life Show. I am so pleased to be joined today by our guest, Lynette Denton. Lynette is a recovery coach who has gone through her own journey with recovery, and she's coming on today to talk about overcoming addiction as a family unit. Welcome to the show, Lynette. Thanks for having me. I am so thrilled that you're here. You know, there's a lot of people in the Recovered Life community that are getting sober for the first time. Maybe it's the second or third or fourth or many more times, right? They're trying to get sober and they're dealing with the family unit. They either live with the family or they might be uh, you know, in that family structure. And it seems to be a lot of conflict and a lot of you know, misunderstood feelings of family wanting to help and the person getting sober, you know, feeling like it's not helping. So I wanted to have this show today. You're an expert on this topic. So welcome to the show. I know you, uh, you're somebody who uh, got sober within a family dynamic, right? Of other people that were getting sober. I am. I am. It's been an amazing, um, um, expiring, inspiring um journey that we've all been on together as our family. Um, addiction is pretty deep rooted in, in my family and, um, generational. And we've really been able to work together and overcome some pretty trying stuff, um, you know, and some trial and errors. And it's just been, it's just been really great. Um, so, so on your sober journey, Lynette, on your sober journey, you came in, uh, did you have a really, did, you know, how was your family structure? Because I know now that you're working with other people, you're evaluating what their family structure is and how it's going to best suit them. What was yours like? Was this a new thing for your family? Had they never experienced this before? Yeah, yeah. So uh, me and all and my siblings struggle from substance use. Growing up, we had a pretty um, free um, range of whatever we got to do and not a lot of uh, structure. And so it growing up, you know, um, substance use disorder was pretty normal. We, um, I, I personally started uh, using substances at age 11 and it was all I ever knew. Um, and then um, in 2014, I, um, I mean, throughout my years, um, it, 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 during the journey, I caught little glimpses of what recovery could look like. But in 2014 is when I really caught my biggest glimpse of um, long-term sustainable recovery. And um, we've been able to, we've been able to kind of get, you know, some real good footing and stability 
since then. So, so when you came in, how, how did your family act in recovery? How, how were they? Um, you know, I know you also uh, had a significant other that was getting sober at the, at a, at a similar time. Uh, they obviously have a family. How, how did that all work? Where was the conflict there? You know, what, uh, what actually happened with that? Yeah. So the conflict was really all of us getting sober at the same time. That did not happen. Um, we all had our own journeys at our own paces. Um, I, um, I found my recovery in 2014 and with like drug court and a lot of amazing structure, my partner didn't quite have that. And, uh, and uh, it took him a few years, took some distance and a lot of me being able to learn boundaries and, and uh, you know, get a little more stable in my recovery um, before being able to um, bring him really back into my life full time after he had to go away and get some um, treatment as well. And, um, you know, today he's got four years in recovery. And then, of course, um, our children watching us throughout the years also, um, you know, stumbled across some um, some addictions of their own. So, yeah. So do you, do you think that, you know, I know there's a big misunderstanding a lot of times with family members and addiction. Obviously, it's easier for you to see a significant other going through this because you, if you're in recovery, right, you understand what those are. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the people in your life and in your family that maybe, you know, are, are, do not have addiction. Because I know a lot of the times I hear from families, it's like, why can't they just get over it? Like, move on. All right. Like, they can't drink. They can't use drugs. Like, move on with their life. But as we know, alcoholism and drug addiction, the real problems begin when you get sober, right? So how did you work with all of that family dynamic? How did you start to get to a place where they kind of understood what you needed and what wasn't working for you? Gotcha. Um, so for me, I'm, um, so I was uh, kind of the first in my immediate family to be able to find recovery. Um, I had to separate my, you know, just kind of distance myself from a lot of family and lean into um, support people like treatment and care and stuff um, as I was going forward. However, I do have like um, some family that was uh, like aunts and uncles and stuff that doesn't quite understand what addiction looks like. Um, some of our family that struggles, say, like with alcohol, doesn't quite understand what methamphetamine looks like. And so it was uh, it was really hard to be able to try to get like people to understand what the needs were. But I definitely in the beginning had to reach outside of the family dynamic to get to where I was today to be able to bring what I what I have today to the table, if that makes but sense. No yeah, absolutely. What do you think that the biggest misunderstanding is with family members? Um, what What do you think that actually is? I think that the biggest misunderstanding with family members, well, I know like with family members, like it gets frustrating and it's hard, it's hard to watch. And I think the biggest misunderstanding is that people are um, doing what they're doing 
as like a, like they have a choice or it's an option or they're just doing it because they don't care um, about other people's feelings or what they're putting other people through. And I think that's completely wrong. Um, there's different levels of addiction and I feel like I feel like that's kind of hard to understand um, when you're not one that struggles yeah. with substance use yourself. I agree. I think, you know, one of the frustrating things with people that I hear a lot from people who are not in recovery, looking at family members who are self-destructing themselves, right? Saying, why can't they use self-control? And, you know, what we do know about recovery, there's a lot we don't know, but we know that the idea of that personal power, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, and you're just going to use self-control to get out of an addiction cycle. We know that that actually makes it worse. So what I've seen is a lot of times people, family members really pushing on the, why can't you just have self-control? Just have one, you know, that's fine if you use drugs here, but why do you have to turn your whole life into it? Not really understanding this idea, this all or nothing feeling that people have in addition. They just don't see, you know, people that are in recovery. They don't, we don't, we don't see that there's an option necessarily for that. And it doesn't, that self-control doesn't work. And it can be so frustrating, I think, to both people, the person that's recovering and the, you know, the family that's trying to help. Absolutely. Absolutely. What was the biggest thing with the relationship side? You know, I think it's tough if you're not in recovery and you're seeing a loved one and family member go through this. But if you actually have a romantic relationship with them and you're in recovery, that's got to set off a lot of like, triggers and boundary things. Um, how did you, how did you handle the in and outs of that? Like, was it boundaries that really you had to deploy? Yeah, it was really, it was a really hard time for both of us. And it was really, like I said, in the beginning, a lot of, um, trial and error to, um, you know, there was a lot of, um, on my end, like if I could go back and do some of it again, I, I would have been a lot more compassionate and like um, tried not to like force him to be where I was. Um, you know, I really learned a big lesson that year that that people don't get better because you want them to get better. They get better when they're ready and um, and because they want to. And so um, a lot of boundaries. It was uh, still, you know, um, making sure that we were doing like, I would only be around if it was like a safe, like um, some kind of family function. Um, definitely really had to keep remembering not to take his addiction personally. Um, that was probably the hardest thing for me. And the thing I had to focus on the most was just worrying about mine and, and not only his. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the whole thing is taking it personally. And I think even people who don't suffer from addiction take it personally, you know, especially parents. It's like, well, if they really love me, they get sober for me, but they're not there yet, right? They don't have that understanding necessarily. And hopefully it will come. So I think that you've really tapped on something that's uh, really super important. You know what? After this quick break, uh, Lynette, I want to come back and I want to talk about as a sober coach, uh, what tips uh, you would give family members 
uh, of things that really work, that are really where you talked about being patient and understanding. I want to go over some tips that really work. And also, I want to uh, go over some things that actually really hurt the person that's trying to recover. So after this quick break, we're going to dive into that. Are you ready to fully participate in your life and achieve true mastery? Join Kristen Fuller every Tuesday at 3 p.m. for the Life Mastery Hour, a peer support room designed to help you succeed in life and recovery. During this one-hour peer support group, Kristen will discuss a variety of topics to help you navigate the challenges of early sobriety and build the skills you need to live a sober and fulfilling life. From overcoming trauma and dealing with obstacles to finding purpose and building resilience, Kristen has the knowledge and experience to guide you on your journey to a more fulfilling recovered life. Don't be held back any longer. Join the Life Mastery Hour and start your path to a better tomorrow. RSVP now by going to recoveredlife.us and click on Find My Group. And we'll see you Tuesday at 3 p.m. You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. So we're back. We're talking about overcoming addiction as a family unit. I'm here with my guest, sober coach Lynette Denton. Now, Lynette, we told people that uh, before the break that we were going to talk, we were going to dive in to some actual things here that really help the person that is recovering. Because I think, look, I think one of the things that we would agree with Lynette is most family members and friends and close ones of a person recovering, they want to help, right? They want to help, but they feel powerless, just like the person who is addicted. From your expertise, what are some things that really help a family member or a friend that's going through addiction and trying to get sober? I think the most helpful things is um, like meeting them where they're at, um, definitely um, showing them compassion and understanding or trying to listen to them as if you're trying to understand exactly where they're at in their life. Um, it's really helpful to know that, um, you know, Usually addiction is, um, is a dark, lonely, um, no hope kind of place um, where those of us that are struggling are just really stuck. And so um, not, um, you know, just showing them like um, reminding them of their self-worth and um, just really being patient and loving them regardless if they're meeting your expectations or not, right? Don't have expectations for them. Help them with getting their own expectations and getting, you know, meeting them where they're at. I've seen so many people, Lynette, and I, I think that's so good is like recalibrate your expectations. I think so many people think, well, they went to rehab for a week they're good to go and they can plug right back into the family. That, that's not the case. It's a lifelong thing. Yeah. Um, and of course we know because we're both sober that you can go out and live your best recovered life and everything. You, you're going to have a great life, but it's going to take time. It's not going to happen immediately. 
Yeah. What, what about high conflict, uh, Lynette? I know that family dynamic, the high conflict, there's a lot of people who just get frustrated in their big screamers. They're big ultimatum people. Either you do it exactly like this or you're gone. That just doesn't work, right? I mean, doesn't that just drive the person away? It really does. And um, gosh, like I really had to keep this in check when I was um, when I was um, trying to get through uh, one of the addictions with one of my, my children because it's different when it's your children than you could ever imagine. I was like, oh, this is what I put my mother through because um, I just wanted to like, ah, come on, dang it, you can do this. But the more I did that, the worse it was getting. And of course, that's how I was too. Um, the more people did that shaming and um, ultimatums do not do not work. And so it's just really important to like really educate yourself on any and all resources that are available because we're not always the best person to help our family members, especially we're just too involved and it's too scary and our hearts are just too invested. And so know your resources, really know the facts about addiction and if need be, um, bridge them to folks that can support them. Um, don't be hurtful, be helpful, you know? Yeah. I know in my own family, one of the things that really helped was having, you know, a sponsor, a a coach, a therapist, somebody that the family member didn't feel that, that the family member felt that they could go to, right. Yeah. That would maybe communicate it in a way that was very neutral. Because I think the big thing that we learned is that the ultimatums, especially with kids, the ultimatums tend to have people in recovery double down, right? It's like, and I think the frustrating thing is if you could talk about this a little bit, because I think this is so helpful for any family person that is anybody who's listening to this podcast and listening to Lynette uh, Denton talk about her experience and, and how she works with people. I think one of the big takeaways is that addiction is a thinking problem. A lot of times is that we don't, people that are in addiction can't see it clearly that the addiction's actually killing them. They don't really think, right? It's the alcohol and drugs that are killing them. And this is what I think a lot of family members don't understand. They really think that the person understands that. But I know in my case, I didn't understand that drinking was killing me. Yeah, me neither. I think back, like the further I get along and the more my brain heals, because, you know, alcohol and drug addiction really does damage your brain. So you're dealing with like brain damage and uh, and your rewiring of all of your uh, your brain stuff. And so I think about some of the stuff that I would justify or think that what I was, was okay. And, you know, my brain literally manipulated every single behavior and every single action into, I could justify anything and everything. And I really did not understand. And with somebody who started using at such a young age, I never, I mean, that's like those kind of behaviors and stuff were what I grew up to know anyway so um yeah like uh it took a long time for my brain to start healing i mean still to this day nine years later i i catch myself in some thinking patterns that i have to be able to really be aware of um of what what my intentions i guess i should say yeah i love that and i think you know this is such a great learning opportunity for everyone lynette i know 
you know, one of the big breakthroughs I think that people have that I see is that uh, the family unit themselves, the different members start to kind of look at their own lives. And what comes out of that a lot of times is because I think that that when a loved one comes into recovery, the family also needs to go into recovery. It doesn't mean that they have an actual physical addiction problem to drugs or alcohol, but they might have been raised in a traumatic home. They might have trauma. They might be codependent, which so many parents are, or they have dysfunction that's in the family. Not always, but sometimes. And I think what I've seen is the greatest gift that that uh, people that have really gotten like you really gotten it right in recovery is that the whole family starts to heal and that's multi-generational absolutely that's one of my um you know i i get to be uh this role model in the family and my kids are constantly saying like you know like little things too like my daughter's like mom can we like take some food to the homeless and like, can we go do this at recovery day? And like being able to watch um, some of the behavior changes and the, what it is like to have a healthy life. Absolutely is. um, I do get to see what it's doing for my family and, uh, and it's been incredible. Um, I, like I said before, you know, um, I'm kind of the, the person to break the mold it because it was so incredibly intergenerational, just the dysfunction and the, the screaming and the yelling and the way that we grew up. And, and so it's really cool to see the areas that, that get to be passed on today. Absolutely. I think, you know, one of the big things that I've learned in the whole recovery process is that it is this group thing, like you're saying, and that things can change and they will change. And I think that people need to have hope. And if you work at it, it's going to take work. It's not going to be something that's going to happen immediately, right? You have to gear your expectations, which I think is a really great advice, Lynette. Lynette Denton, thank you so much for coming on uh, to the show today. We're going to put links about how they can find you. I know that you're a sober coach and work with people and about how they can reach out to you if they have any questions about overcoming addiction as a family unit. Thanks so much for coming on the show today, Lynette. Thank you. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life. Recovered Life is a peer support network with direct access to top recovery coaches, content, community, and quality peer support meetings that can be accessed virtually. Whether you're pursuing a 12-step program, not involved in 12 steps, spiritual, agnostic, atheist, or just trying to figure it out, you're welcome here. Sign up today and access unlimited group meetings for only $19.99 a month. And because we know you'll love it, we're offering you your first 30 days for free. Don't wait. Visit recoveredlife.us and become a member today.